Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. It's Monday, and you know what that means. It's time for Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. On tonight's show, we'll talk with Austin Platt from WIUX Radio and Big Ten Network Plus. IU women's and men's basketball are off to strong starts. IU men's soccer makes the Big Ten tournament final, and IU football struggles continue. We will have our high school scoreboard update and look ahead to the week in IU athletics. So let's talk sports, and we will start with IU men's basketball off to a 2-0 start after an 88-53 win over Moorhead State last Monday and a 101-49 win over Bethune-Cookman last Thursday night, both in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Trace Jackson Davis and Malik Renew scored 15 points each to lead the Hoosiers in the Moorhead State game. Jordan Geronimo with 10 points. Indiana led the Eagles 41-29 at the break. Outscored them 49-27 in the second half. Indiana dominated inside with 52 points in the paint and got 45 points off the bench. In the Bethune-Cookman game, Trace Jackson-Davis 21 points, Miller Cop 12 points, Jordan Geronimo with 11, Trey Galloway with 10. The Hoosiers hit 10 three-pointers, 21-22 from the foul line, along with 27 assists. Special moment for Bethune-Cookman assistant coach, Billy Garrett, he is the son of Bill Garrett, who played at IU from 1947 to 1951 and was the first African-American men's basketball player in the Big Ten. Bill Garrett passed away in 1974 at age 45 when Billy was just nine years old. So a special moment for Billy Garrett coming back to IU, taking pictures in front of his dad's statue in the south lobby of Simon Scott Assembly Hall. The Hoosiers are back in action Friday at Xavier, 6 o'clock on Fox Sports 1, and Sunday against Miami of Ohio at Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis at 5.30 on the Big Ten Network. 11th-ranked Indiana women's basketball got an 86-49 win over Vermont Tuesday night and a 93-37 win over UMass Lowe Friday night, both in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Yarden Garzan, the freshman from Israel, 19 points, the most points in a freshman debut in the Terry Morin era since the 2013-14 season. Mackenzie Holmes added 16 points, Grace Berger 14 points, Sarah Scalia with 11. Indiana led 42-27 at half, outscoring the Catamounts 44-22 in the second half. The Hoosiers had 18 assists and 11 steals. The 56-point margin of victory against UMass Lowell ties for the fourth largest in program history. Mackenzie Holmes, 17 points. Sarah Scalia, 15 points. Lily Meister, the freshman from Minnesota, 10 points. 12 of the 13 Hoosiers scored, and 12 Hoosiers played 10 or more minutes with 42 points off the bench and 60 points in the paint. Indiana led 49-17 at half and outscored the Riverhawks 44-20 in the second half. Indiana 2-0 at 5th-ranked Tennessee tonight. They host Bowling Green on Thursday at 7 o'clock and host Quinnipiac Sunday at 1 o'clock. 
Four-seed Indiana men's soccer knocks off top-seed Maryland in the Big Ten Tournament Finals on Wednesday. In College Park, Maryland, 2-1. IU gets first-half goals from Samuel Sarver at the 34-24 mark and Joey Mayer at the 39-35 mark. Maryland scored at the 60-57 mark by Colin Griffith, but the Hoosiers hold on to avenge the 1-1 draw the two teams had in the final game of the regular season in Bloomington that gave Maryland the regular season title. The Hoosiers fell on Sunday afternoon to second-seed Rutgers 3-1 in the Big Ten Tournament Championship game in Piscataway, New Jersey. It was the sixth consecutive appearance for the Hoosiers in the final. Rutgers wins its first Big Ten Tournament title and the automatic bid to the NCAA Tournament. The Scarlet Knights scored at the 324 mark, and then Indiana responded on a Patrick McDonald header at the 3742 mark off a Ryan Wittenbrink corner kick. Rutgers added two second-half goals. The Hoosiers are 10-4-6 and six on the season and will be in the NCAA tournament for the 47th time in program history and the 35th in a row. The Hoosiers have missed out on the tournament just three times in program history, 1973, 75, and 86. IU football had a rough one Saturday afternoon, losing at second-ranked Ohio State 56-14. The Hoosiers 3-7 and and 1-6 and in the Big Ten officially eliminated from bowl consideration for the second straight season. Ohio State 10-0, 7-0 in the Big Ten, and they are on a collision course with Michigan, who is 10-0 for the Big East title in a college football playoff spot as they play November 26th in Columbus. Connor Bazelak started the game 3-for-5, passing for 12 yards. Dexter Williams, the second, came in 6-19, 107 yards passing. Two touchdowns to A.J. Barner and Dalvin McCauley. No interceptions. Williams also had 16 carries for 76 yards, as the Hoosiers had their best running game of the year, 40 carries for 186 yards. Ohio State, though, dominant C.J. Stroud, Quarterback 17 for 28, passing 297 yards, five touchdowns. Marvin Harrison Jr., seven receptions for 135 yards and one touchdown. Mayan Williams, 15 carries, 151 yards and a touchdown. And Dallin Hayden, 19 carries, 102 yards and a touchdown as the Buckeyes racked up 662 yards of offense to 229 for IU. The Hoosiers are at Michigan State Saturday noon on the Big Ten Network. High school sports time, let's check the local high school scoreboard. In high school football regional championship action, Castle beat Bloomington South 31-14 in Class 5A. Castle 8-4 will host 11-1 Whiteland for the semi-state Friday at 7.30. Bloomington South ends the year at 9-2. In Class 3A, Monrovia beats Owen Valley 26-21. Monrovia 6-7 will travel to Lawrenceburg 12-1. At 7 o'clock on Friday, Owen Valley ends the year at 12-1. and 1. In Class 2A, Linton beats LaPel 60-24. Linton 13-0 will travel to Evansville Modern Day for the semi-state Friday at 7.30. LaPel ends the year at 7-6. In girls basketball, Bedford North Lawrence beats Bloomington North 72-38. Bloomington South beats Edgewood 54-34. Duggar Union beats Lighthouse Christian 58-48. Columbus East beats Bloomington South 58-53. Edgewood beats South Putnam 50-35. And Bloomington North 
beats Brown County 57-48 and Linton 49-32 over Edgewood. That is a look at our high school scoreboard. When we come back, we'll talk with Austin Platt from WIUX Radio and Big Ten Network Plus. This is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Are you spending more time at home these days? If so, then you'll want to consider having your carpets professionally cleaned. Brothers Carpet Cleaning has been the region's premier cleaner for nearly a decade. Their truck-mounted systems are the most effective to remove bacteria, allergens, and pet dander. Brothers Carpet Cleaning will professionally clean your carpet, tile, upholstery, and wood. When it has to be clean, call Brothers Carpet Cleaning. Online at CarpetCleaningBrothers.com. Are you concerned about your life insurance coverage during these uncertain times in history? I'm Adam Beasley with American Senior Benefits right here in Bloomington, and we can help you find the best coverage for you and your family. We work for you to find the best plan out of more than 150 companies. We can compare your existing coverage or start a brand new plan. From newborn to 89 years old, from term to permanent, we'll find what's best for you. Call us at American Senior Benefits, 812-631-2305. Hi, this is Keandra Brown with Indiana Women's Basketball, and you're listening to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. It is time to welcome in my guest. He is in the IU Media School does everything for Big Ten Network Plus, WIUX Radio, the Hoosier Network, the Indiana Daily Student. He is Austin Platt. Austin, it is a pleasure to have you. Thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Thanks a lot, Nick, for having me on. Before we get into all the stuff that you do for the IU Media School, let's just talk about kind of your upbringing, what brought you to IU, when did you know that you wanted to become a broadcaster? Oh, wow. That's, there's a lot to that. So I guess the broadcaster part, I knew somewhat in high school I wanted to do it. I had a TV station on high school, NCTV 78. I'm from Connecticut, so there's the elephant in the room, 13 hours away. So everyone asks, how the heck did you end up in Bloomington? But the, the real answer is Galen Clavio. I made sure that I was, you know, being a sophomore, I was kind of a senior during the weird COVID year, 2020-21. So going in, I really didn't get to see too many campuses, so I waited until I applied saw what schools I got into and then end up making trips. And I was only going to go, you know, traveling to Indiana once. So I made sure to get a meeting with him, tour the media school, and it was a pretty easy answer for me to end up at IU. But I had a feeling I wanted to go into broadcasting. I've loved sports and I've been good at public speaking. So I figured I would try it in high school. I got some good opportunities. They kind of get the ball rolling and get me off the ground. And, you know, in this not even year and a half at IU, it's been an unbelievable experience. So what other schools did you consider? Being from the East Coast, I looked at Syracuse. My final four was Syracuse, TCU down in Fort Worth, Butler, and IU. So I made the trip to Indiana in March of 2021, saw Butler and IU back-to-back days. Got into all of those four schools, uh, fortunately. And then surprisingly, a lot of people say, well, why didn't you pick Syracuse? But I wanted a different school. I, You know, Syracuse is as great as it is broadcasting-wise. It's a very Northeast school. And I wanted something different. And uh, heck, I'll save my parents some change as well here at Indiana. So it was a pretty easy decision and I don't regret a single second of it. Being from the Northeast, of course, there's great schools in the Northeast, Connecticut, Boston College, UMass. None of those schools were 
interest to you? I looked at UMass. Uh, that was an interesting school, and I had Quinnipiac on my list as well, and Hamden, which is a you know smaller program, but it got it got a lot of traction because some people visited my high school and talked to me. So that interests me a lot. But um, I think it was just I wanted something different. I've been in the Northeast my entire life. I've lived in the same household, the same town, small town in Connecticut for twenty years. So I just wanted something different. Come out to the Midwest where everyone's you know so nice is what everyone says, and that's nothing short of incorrect. So I just wanted something different, not too far, only a two hour plane ride home so it was a a good decision I made and I'm I'm happy I I branched out what's your favorite sports and and who are the teams that you were big fans of growing up so professionally my parents uh, met each other in New York Uh, they both worked in the city so naturally I'm a Yankees fan Giants in football Rangers in hockey and the Knicks in basketball even though I really don't watch the NBA and the Knicks really don't give me any reason to watch it over the last you know decade or so other than the Carmelo and Jeremy Lin sanity years so professionally I have you know those, those New York teams college wise I watched UConn a little bit I wasn't a huge like UConn fan like a lot of other people but you know the Kemba Walker and Napier years uh, those were some some fun years uh, seeing them win a couple times of course they beat Butler as well uh, that one year my dad went to Bucknell in Pennsylvania, and they had a good basketball program over the last decade. They've been a pretty good school in the Patriot League, so I watched them as well. But I wasn't that, you know, set on one school. I didn't, you know, grow up watching one specific college school. But, you know, the, the four New York teams were really where uh, my rooting interests were. So, of course, switching gears now, you do play-by-play color. You write for Big Ten Network Plus, WIUX, Student Radio, the Hoosier Network, Indiana Daily Student. I mean, you guys are always busy at all the games. How much fun is it to just be at IU just covering all these different sports? That's the real reason why I came, Nick. I didn't even mention that. It's the, the Big Ten atmosphere is, is unbelievable. And there's a reason why the Big Ten is probably the best conference just overall in, in every sport. And, you know, the new media deal really puts that into perspective. And the fact just to be there, you know, sometimes as a fan, but just covering the sport from a different lens, it's it's so cool. And be able to broadcast uh, these sports, be inside of Assembly Hall like I was a few nights ago. And, you know, being at Bill Armstrong, which is one of the best atmospheres, one of the most historic teams in the country, and then Memorial Stadium as well, you know, seeing Big Ten football and being able to to be on top of the, the press box for, you know, some of the best teams that, that roll into Bloomington. So it, it's unbelievable. I, you know, wouldn't have imagined it to be, you know, this fun and to have an atmospheres like this, really in every sport at IU, which is, you know, pretty cool and, you know, not a lot of other College campuses and schools can say they have, they have the same real school spirit that IU does. Growing up here, I think for me, the biggest thing is I've been basically going to Simon Scott Assembly Hall since I was a kid. So when my friends find out that I'm from here, born here, raised here, been to all these games, I think I kind of take it for granted. What was your first take when you walked into Simon Scott Assembly Hall for the first time? Yeah, it was uh, Hoosier Hysteria uh, freshman year last year, which is like what, you know, it was such a huge event. Uh, so, of course, that wasn't a game, but just, you know, seeing the banners, seeing the court, of course, growing up, I, you know, didn't watch a ton of, you know, Indiana basketball, let's say, even when I committed, because I committed pretty late and uh, the basketball season was already over and I didn't really watch a ton of IU basketball. I had no idea where I wanted to go to school, Nick. I was, you know, one of those kids, I was like, I'll just put it off till the end. I'll wait till senior year to really kind of figure it out. And wherever the journey takes me, I really don't care. And I was, you know, just wanted to go wherever a school wanted me, whenever I was best fit. So I didn't watch a ton of IU basketball. I watched more Butler basketball probably in the Big East because I 
probably thought I was going to go there. I didn't think at first I was going to such a big school like IU, but you know, as I said, I haven't regretted it. But being inside of Assembly Hall, it was just so awesome. Of course, seeing the watch shot, of course, every sports fan, no matter what school you go to, grew up seeing that and just seeing the Indiana on the court, seeing the entire, you know, the cream and crimson storming the floor and all that. That was one of the coolest things. I don't think I watched it live, but watching the, the reruns and, you know, you still get goosebumps watching it today now as a, as a student. So being there for the first time, the atmosphere, it's unbelievable. The noise, it's it's surreal. And the fact that the stadium, the venue is just, it's so unbelievable. And there's a reason why, you know, in the, in the bubble and the March Madness that, you know, Simon Scott Assembly Hall was one of the venues puts into perspective how cool Indiana basketball is just in general. And then being, you know, at the flagship uh, here in Bloomington is, is just that much cooler. And, and to be there last year was so cool. And, hey, I can't wait for this year because the expectations are twice as high as they were last year. I was at that game with the watch shot, the loudest. It's the most favorite memory I've ever had being in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. There's no question about it when it comes to Indiana men's basketball. But you cover Indiana men's soccer. They got a big win against Maryland in the Big Ten semifinals. You and I, of course, were in the press box the final day against Maryland. And, of course, all the games are played at the same time. And it was crazy to see all the results as they were going back and forth. Did you expect the Hoosiers to beat Maryland this time after that 1-1 draw, which really felt like a loss because it gave Maryland the Big Ten regular season title? Yeah, absolutely. I still have to remind myself that it was not a loss. It, it was a draw. It felt like the, the U.S.-Portugal match in the 2014 World Cup where Portugal scored in the last second and everyone said it was a loss, but it was really a draw. But anyway, I actually did have some confidence going the last night. Uh, this match is so important for our, was so important for IU. And of course, with their RPI, which still has to be figured out in terms of where they're going to end up in the NCAA tournament. But uh, it was a huge win. I had confidence going in. You know, they controlled that match from the very beginning at home. And I figured they'd go on the road. They had a confident, strong win against Penn State. Uh, and, you know, Maryland struggled against Northwestern for the, you know, the second year in a row in the Big Ten tourney. So I didn't tell anyone, but I was, I was confident. And uh, once those two goals went in the back of the net in the last like five minutes or so in the, late in that first half, it was gave, gave me a pretty good sign that they would hold on. And despite conceding one, I had a strong feeling, even though the crossbar was hit a few times at, at the very end. But I was confident they were going to come out and win in those 90 minutes. And they ended up doing so. You guys take turns, of course, calling all the games. You have several guys that do the games on radio for IU soccer and men's basketball and women's soccer and and football and stuff. Soccer on radio. I listen to you guys because I'm right there in the press box. I'm two seats down from you. And and I got to admit, I've never called soccer, but it has to be something of an art to do to be able to do that, especially on radio. Yeah, there's always those arguments, Nick, of, you know, which sport is the hardest to call on radio. People say baseball because there's the most dead time. People will say hockey because it's so fast. But soccer is so tough. I mean, it's a sport where not a lot of the time the ball is in that final third. And, of course, soccer is, you know, the biggest field of all of those. You know, hockey, it's a lot shorter. So the ball just doesn't move all that quickly. And the fact that, you know, there's so much time where it's in the middle of the pitch and there's there's so much space to work with. And it's 22 guys just kind of kicking a ball around at times. And that's that's what makes it so tough. But from year one to year two, it's been a, it's been a challenge coming going in, trying to figure out soccer. I did it for a couple of games on TV in high school. And I, you know, I've watched a lot of Premier League soccer growing up. So that that helped in terms of just the terminology. But Having it be on the radio is so tough. You know, you just have there are a bunch of words you can use, but when the ball's not in that 18 yard box, it's so difficult to try and paint a picture for the audience. And 
figure, trying to, you know, memorize all the guys' names and all the formations, which is always changing. It, it's pretty tough. And soccer is definitely one of the hardest sports to call on radio. And I give everyone uh, credit for who's tried it and who's to a certain point succeeded at it. Uh, it's, it's not easy. And uh, you got to tip your cap. And I tip your cap to you guys because you all do an amazing job. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back more with Austin Platt after this quick timeout, this is Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. I'm injury attorney Matt Lloyd. With an injury claim, don't leave cash on the table by not realizing all the Indiana laws that can help you. The insurance company won't tell you about them, but call me for a free consultation to learn all the important steps to get the best settlement. Call or text 812-333-MAT or go online to myinjurycase.com. Let's join forces and fight for a settlement that makes sense for you. 812-333-MAT. This is Danny with Weathervane Insurance Solutions. Not only is it especially important for our economy to support local businesses these days, but as your local independent insurance agency, Weathervane Insurance can shop you around with dozens of carriers to ensure you receive the most competitive price and, of course, the best customer service. Find us on the web at weathervaneonline.com. That's weathervaneonline.com. Hi, this is Haley Jordan, beat writer for Sports Illustrated Indiana, and I listen to Talkin' Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. Welcome back to Talking Sports with Nick Jenkinson on the South Central Indiana News Network. My guest, Austin Platt from Big Ten Network Plus, WIUX Radio, the Hoosier Network, and the Daily Student, Indiana Media School student. Austin, we were talking about, of course, men's soccer. You cover women's soccer for the Daily Student. The Hoosiers had a tough season this year, couldn't score a lot of goals, but boy, Jamie Gerstenberg again in the pipes for the Hoosiers Another great year for the German native. Uh, she was a huge reason why Indiana, you know, won, were able to hold on to all those nil-nil draws in the beginning of the season. And we knew going in, they struggled at the end of last season scoring goals, which is the reason why they didn't make uh, either of the postseasons. And with so many new players, uh, we knew that the back line was, we figured was going to be the strength again, even though there were some new players or some players that graduated, transferred out, yada, yada, yada. But we knew that, Gerstenberg was going to be the force in the net, and she was again this year. And her numbers weren't as good, but I don't think that's necessarily her fault. She still made some outrageous saves when the team needed her most. And you know, without her, this you know, who knows where this the team's record ends up. Of course, she can't control how many goals the team scores at the other end of the pitch. But she was huge, and once again deserved Big Ten postseason honors uh, she got for the second year in a row. Switching gears to IU women's basketball, you got to call the game the other night against Vermont for Big Ten Network Plus with Cruz Martin. Big win for the Hoosiers, several players impressed, but the one that impressed me was Yarden Gerzon, the freshman from Israel. Not your typical freshman. I think she could be Big Ten freshman of the year. What do you think? Oh, there's a there's a legit shout for that, and you're not the only one that, that has that opinion. I mean, you look at this Indiana team last year, depth was the problem. I mean, Terry Moore would be you know, timid to throw in uh, the bench players uh, 
at a lot of points. And you see, you'd be seeing Grace Berger, Mackenzie Holmes, and co. eat up 35 minutes on average last season, which was ridiculous, uh, considering how competitive the Big Ten was. And eventually that might have come back to bite them a little bit. But for a 6'3 freshman from Israel and Garzon, who's, of course, probably first language is in English. He's so far away from home. And then comes in and is able to shoot the three, which is unbelievable, over 50%. Of the ability to defend down low, which is Indiana's backbone, as it's been under, you know, every year it feels like under Terry Moore. And she's very impressive. And if the bench and the three-point shooting can be there for Indiana, this team is really, really scary. I know the Hoosiers play Quinnipiac, as you mentioned, uh, an in-state school for you. Of course, playing Vermont the other night, UMass Lowell coming up. Did those games, being from the New England area, did those games mean a little more to you? The one last year against Quinnipiac did. I was in the studio for the football game against Minnesota, which is going on at the same time. And they were losing at first to Quinnipiac, which was kind of a surprise. And I was kind of hoping, hey, let's let's beat them and really kind of show them who's boss. Vermont, not as much. Uh, UMass Lowell, kind of the, the mid-majors. But Quinnipiac, definitely a little bit more, considering, you know, not a lot of people from Indiana, heck, know where that is or can even pronounce it correctly. So that, that kind of meant a bit more to, to me to, to beat them. And, of course, Indiana has them at home this year. I believe it's over breaks. So I won't be able to attend it. It would mean a, just a little bit more to to beat them. The men's team has been off to a great start so far. Malik Renu and Jalen Hood Shafino, two fabulous freshmen, maybe the best freshman duo in the country. I, again, we're talking about freshman of the year for for Gerzon on the women's side. Who do you pick on the men's side between those two? It's so tough. It's it's 1A and 1B. And talk was about Jalen hood Jafino this year. He was going to be that the new starter for a team that, of course, returns four out of five. And he was kind of going to be the fifth guy. We knew that going into the season. But Malik Renu is a beast down low. I mean, he is so big. And you can tell that Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson have kind of shaped him into the player he is. He really favors that left side, similar to Trace. And if he can be a force down low, you know, Indiana didn't have too much depth in that position last year. And heck, even Logan Duncombe, a guy who the Indiana coaching staff and, you know, within, they believe he's going to have a big impact as well. But the talk is about Hood Shafino, but I wouldn't be surprised if Renew turns out to be the better freshman, considering what he can do down low. He's just so big. And of course, the Big Ten is going to be all about the big man this year. And it's all about Trace Jackson Davis. Of course, there's talk about Race Thompson, but Hey, Malik Renu could, you know, I don't want to even say find his way into the starting five later in the season. That's how good he is. There's some serious talk around him and deservedly so. He's a five-star who Mike Woodson kind of pulled him out of Florida. He initially committed there and Woodson said, hey, you're coming to Indiana instead. And so far, it's been a pretty good decision. Been a very good decision. What is your expectation for both teams? How far can they go? Uh, I think kind of similar to last year, I think the women's team can go farther than the men's team. Uh, I don't think that's a, a outrageous statement on anyone's end. And looking at what the women's team has done, they've certainly made more waves in the last five years than the men's team has. So uh, for the women, I think they're, I mean, I sure it was only game one against Vermont. Of course, UMass Lowell as well has already been played, but you got to kind of keep everything a bit to the, a bit shallow at first. But I think for them, their ceiling, of course, they can win the Big Ten. I think they can legit, legitimately get to the Elite Eight, heck, even the Final Four, if the depth is really that good and the freshmen turn out to be the way it is. And I don't see them finishing anywhere below the you know third or fourth in the Big Ten, as competitive as it may be. I think there's six already in the top 25 in Big Ten women's basketball. But Indiana's, you know, 1A and 1B with Iowa. That's going to be a fun matchup.
later this season. And then to the men's side, uh, I was a bit more skeptical going into the season about them. Uh, and I still am to, to a certain extent. You know, when Big Ten play rolls around, they have such a brutal schedule in the Big Ten, plus those, you know, four daunting games in the non-con, which begins pretty soon against Xavier in, in that third game of the season. So for them, I think if they can finish top four in the Big Ten, that's a huge success. Uh, get a, you know, top six seed, let's say, in the NCAA. And if they can win two games. I think that's a pretty successful season. I won't count them out of making it to the Elite Eight. I think that's maybe their ceiling. Of course, got to count in injuries and other things, which really wasn't a problem last year. But, of course, Trace Jackson Davis is dealing with kind of that right thumb, right hand injury, which is kind of limiting him right now. But both teams I could see getting to the Final Four, and I could see a couple Big Ten banners being added to Assembly Hall. Football has had, of course, a, a rough season, a couple games left. I know, as you mentioned, it's at least fun for you guys to get to call Big Ten football games. Is there any upside to, to this team going into next season? It's so tough with with the talks of, you know, Tom Allen, is he on the hot seat? Of course, we know the buyout is so big that, you know, he's not going to go anywhere. I think that's a general consensus among everyone else. But the expectations weren't high going into this year, Nick. Everyone knew that they'd win at least three, maybe four games. They'd be better than last year in terms of the record. And they got the Big Ten win, which checks that box. Got to figure out the quarterback position. Of course, Tuttle is going to leave. Uh, we saw him for a little bit against Penn State before he got injured. You know, whether Basilak returns or not, that's a major question mark. And then we saw the freshman a little bit. Did they show us a lot? You know, maybe, maybe not. But the offensive line has just been so putrid the last really several years, even when Michael Penix Jr. was at Indiana. So there's not a ton going forward. They still have a really good recruiting class. They got to give credit to Tom Allen, despite the, you know, two disappointing seasons. And, you know, even if Indiana, well, they're not going to beat Ohio State. Let's say they do beat either Michigan State or Purdue, which I think would make it a successful season. You win a Big Ten game, you know, probably on the road. Michigan State's probably the weaker team of those two. But uh, it's definitely another disappointing season. I know last year it couldn't really get much worse, but I don't really think it's gotten much better. And once again, there are more questions than answers regarding IU football. We have about a minute left. Uh, I just want to see for you, I, I know you're still here in school for a couple of years, but I know there's a dream job out there. So what are your goals after school? Baseball has been my main sport. I've been uh, calling games. That's been my main sport. I did stuff over last summer uh, calling baseball games up in New York. So for me, it's a it's a dream job to be baseball. I've been a Yankees fan my entire life. So if I'm calling Yankee games for the Yes Network, for the, the TV or for the radio, that that's the dream job. Kind of pinpoint that one for a while. It's going to take me a lot longer than uh, I've gotten to this point to, to do whatever I've done. 20 years down the line, if you're asking me what I want to do, it would be uh, Yankees baseball inside of Yankee Stadium for TV or radio. That sounds like a great goal to have, and and I hope you get there someday for sure. Well, Austin, I thank you very much for the time. Congratulations for everything you've accomplished so far here at IU. Best of luck to you. We'll, we'll definitely do this again soon. And, of course, I'll see you at all the games as I run into you all the time. Thanks again for the time. Appreciate it. You got it, Nick. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate all the, uh, the, the compliments you guys are giving us. My thanks to Austin Platt for being my guest this week in IU Sports Thursday. Women's basketball host Bowling Green, 7 p.m. on Big Ten Network Plus. Women and men swimming at Ohio State. 
Friday, men's basketball at Xavier, 6 o'clock on Fox Sports 1. Wrestling host Princeton, 6 p.m. in Simon Scott Assembly Hall. Volleyball host Northwestern, 7 o'clock in Wilkinson Hall. Women and men swimming at the Ohio State Fall Invitational. Saturday, cross-country at the NCAA Championships in Stillwater, Oklahoma at 9 a.m. Football at Michigan State, noon on the Big Ten Network. Women and men swimming at the Ohio State Fall Invitational. Sunday, women's basketball host Quinnipiac, 1 p.m. on Big Ten Network Plus. Volleyball at Ohio State at 1 o'clock. Men's basketball against Miami of Ohio, 5.30 in Gamebridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis and on the Big Ten Network. And wrestling at the Army Black Knight Invite in West Point, New York. Thank you for joining us this evening and thanks to our sponsors. On behalf of the entire team here at the South Central Indiana News Network, my name is Nick Jenkinson. Join us throughout the week on social media and every Monday night right here for more Talking Sports. This was a production of the South Central Indiana News Network.